This is your host, Olivia Rose, and you are listening to episode seven of The Pussy Project. So I have a special guest with me today, my best friend and fellow coach, Quinn Downey, and she is one of the examples of one of the most incredible relationships that I've ever seen and marriages. So I'm really excited to have her on for this week's episode. And what we're going to be talking about is the secret to having a really hot, loving marriage, their story of how she manifested her partner, and how to handle finances and business investments and choices as a couple. So, Quinn. Beautiful. Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, I'm so happy. So, even though we see each other all the time. <laughs> In person. Yes. So... Tell us a little bit about how you manifested Steve and a little bit about your background of your relationship and like how you guys met and all those things. Yeah, so it's actually a really amazing story because before Steve, I actually had a history and a reputation for being a serial dater in really unhealthy relationships, (laughs) like really unhealthy relationships. And they were usually back to back. And I was usually not single for longer than let's say 10 months. Like Mm -hmm. definitely had never spent a year single in my adult life. (laughs) The relationships were so bad that like my friends and family kept saying, you need some time to be single. You need some time to be single. You need Mm -hmm. like this cycle needs to end of these terrible relationships. Yeah. You keep putting yourself in, And so that's exactly what I did. I took a year off from dating Mm -hmm. and I ended up loving that year so much that I actually went into a second year of being single and I was just so happy. And I spent that time really cultivating my own relationship with myself. And in that time, I also did start to set some intentions around the kind of partner I wanted to attract into my life and I do remember writing in my journal like that he would also be into spirituality and I could be (laughs) open and there'd be communication like because communication was always a big one for me and and certain things and I wrote it in my journal and I put it away and it had to have been like a month after I wrote that down in the journal I'm not even kidding a month later I went to my friend I have a friend named Holly Mm -hmm. and it was her I think it was her birthday she was having people all get together at this stir fry restaurant Mm -hmm. and she was like so Steve's gonna be here soon and I was like who's Steve like at this point I thought I've met all my this is my group of friends you know but they are they were relatively new friends like Mm -hmm. Holly and I had just started hanging out and she was like oh you you haven't met Steve yet and I was like no who's Steve and she's like oh my god actually the two of you would get along so well he's very similar to you actually and really funny and really nice and she's (laughs) like you would get along with him so well sold (laughs) right and at this point I'm still so focused on being single and being independent that I'm not even thinking and like I'm not even thinking romantically yeah and then this guy comes into the restaurant and of course the only available seat was the one directly across from me yeah so he sits across from me and literally as soon as I made eyes eye contact with him I had chills and I was like oh my god like it was like the closest thing to love at first sight it was like an instant hit like mm-hmm. it hit me in the face and I was oh it wasn't God. even just about his appearance like I do remember, <laughs> I mean don't get me wrong there was that and yeah. I was like wow like he's at first I noticed that he was a lot more physically attractive than you I felt it in your vagina I felt, <laughs> <laughs> I felt it in my vagina and, <laughs> and I just had this like feeling of like oh this this person is someone I would get along with even just on a personal level yeah 
because even just his energy and the vibration he was giving off like soul wise like that's just who I am I'm always reading people's energy when I meet them like to figure out if I like them or not mm -hmm. and I knew right in that moment that I was going to get along really well with this person mm -hmm. so I was like how am I going to get his attention and he started to bring up Game of Thrones and I love Game of Thrones so I got really excited and I was like you love Game of Thrones too and just totally nerded out and was just totally myself for a oh moment my God. like just unleashed my quirky self mm -hmm. and when I realized what I did and couldn't take it back I was like oh well, well I guess this guy knows who I am now but um it actually turned out really great like he thought it was funny and we talked mm -hmm. that night and then we went our separate ways. Mm -hmm. And then we saw each other six months later. And then I remember the second time I saw him, I, my, I, I was starting to become aware that I had some feelings. Because it was like, I noticed that he had Tumblr. And like I noticed which, I know, do you remember Tumblr? Oh my God. But he didn't have Facebook. So <laughs> <laughs> he does now. Because I was like, dude, get Facebook. But I'm like time, dying right now. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I'm on Tumblr and Twitter, which are, like, my two social media platforms I don't even use. Actually, anymore. what the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I well, this it. sucks. How am I going to creep him? <laughs> so I used... I went back on Tumblr for the first time in, like, years. Yeah. Just to creep him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then this is when it starts to get really interesting. It was actually the day before my 24th birthday. Okay. So it was July 3rd. And I went to bed and I started to, I just started to think about him, of course. My mind starts to wander and I'm like, oh my God, no, like I have a crush on someone. Like, this is so bad. Because <laughs> at this it. point I've been single for two years and I'm yeah. like, no, <laughs> like feelings. And then I started to have this visual image of us like walking by a beach at night and this beautiful, big orange moon in the sky and us kissing. And I'm like, where the hell is this coming from? And then the next day I'm going for a jog and I get a phone call from one of my guy friends. And this guy friend is someone who at the time was hanging out with Steve a lot. So I was actually kind of hoping that Steve would be on the call. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I hear two voices singing me happy birthday. So it was that friend calling me to wish me happy birthday. And I was having a pool party later that day for my birthday. So I asked the friend if he was going to be there. And I said, make sure you bring Steve too. Pass along an invitation to Steve. It just mm -hmm. kind of came out of my mouth. Because at this point, Steve was not coming to my party. Yeah. So it just kind of blurted out of my mouth. I was like, invite Steve. So Steve actually showed up to my pool party. And when he showed up, I now know because my parents told me afterwards that as soon as they saw him, they instantly felt chemistry between me and Steve. And they were like, mm -hmm. who is this guy? Oh, yeah. wow. Like, the chemistry between these two is nuts. It was great. Yeah. And then my friend, one of my really good friends at the time, took me aside and said the same thing. She was like, who is this guy? And I was like, he's just a friend. I actually don't know him that well. And she's like, no, 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 no. You guys have so much chemistry. Like, it's palpable. Like, it's undeniable. Yeah, it's undeniable. I feel like you're supposed to be together. And I was like, well, I actually do have a crush on him. And she's like, yeah, trust me, he has a crush on you too. Like, the chemistry is... Like, it was it's almost there. like they had no patience for the fact because me and Steve are actually, like, taking it so slow and we're, like, on the other end of, you know, the like, we're keeping our distance from each other. We're, yeah. we're, we weren't even, like, flirting at this point and everyone could sense it. Yeah. So, and I could feel it too. So it was one of those moments where I started to realize, wow, I think I just manifested this this guy guy like you know just last night i'm imagining us walking on a beach together being like that's weird and now here he is at my house like how did that happen yeah well then later in the night we get invited to go to my friend holly the same friend that i met steve through to her house and she lives out in the county by the beach 
So we went there mm-hmm. and that night I actually did end up walking on the beach, not with Steve, but cause Steve ended up staying back at the house, but me and the girls went to the beach. But at that time there was this big orange moon in the sky, exactly like the visual I had the night before. Right. And that's when I just took that as a sign. It was like, that was the image I had in my head of me and him together. And like, here we are together and there's that moon. And so mm-hmm. I just started to realize like, I think this is meant to be. Yeah. And so he, I went back to the house and we were all having a campfire in the backyard and he was sitting on the tailgate of my friend's truck and someone was sitting next to him already. So I didn't get to sit next to him. But as soon as that person left their yeah. seat, I was like, not even, I'm not a subtle person when it comes to flirting. I'm literally just like, I like you. Do you like me too? Like me. So I just got up from my chair, sat on the tailgate next to Steve and you know, we just kind of started flirting from there. And at the end of the night, he asked me for my number. And then the next day texted me and asked me out on our first date. And the rest is really just history. Like we just, we meshed so well on our first date, our second date, our third date. Within a few months we moved in together and it's just been amazing ever since then. It's just all sort it all fell into place. Like really easily. Really easily. And I feel like that wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't, taken a step back from attachment by mm-hmm. taking those two years off from dating. That was what I needed to do in order to release attachment. And then being able to then receive what it was that I wanted because I had taken those two years off mm-hmm. and not, I was no longer codependent. I was mm-hmm. no longer like desperate. I was no longer looking for a boyfriend in order to feel comfortable. Yeah, It was, I actually wasn't even looking for a boyfriend at all. Mm-hmm. And that's when my soulmate came into the picture. So I just love our story so much because I feel like it is a great example of manifesting your soulmate in a way Mm -hmm. Um, because it did have those elements of, you know, I did set a clear intention of the kind of partner I wanted, but I was not attached. In fact, I wasn't even looking and that's when he came into my life. Oh my God. (laughs) I get so mushy when I hear about it. So for those of you who don't know, um, Quinn is also, um, one of the most incredible spiritual coaches and one of the fa- my favorite things that not only I love about just the way she is with business and life is that she like is a woman of integrity. And I feel like you have like mastered that area of your life. You've mastered like relationships, like pretty effortlessly. And I feel like a lot of other people, we kind of like, usually have like more of a struggle myself yeah. <laughs> um, way beforehand in order to get to that place. And you kind of got to that place like really early. So how old were you when you and Steve got married? We were 26 when we got married. Wow. So we, we moved out together three months into our relationship, which was pretty Love fast. A lot, of people <laughs> thought, a lot of people questioned that decision. Yeah. But like all other massive risks I've taken in my life, I knew when I took the risk that it wasn't really a risk. And that was how I felt. I was like, I'm going to move in with this man and we're never going to look back. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Living with him was effortless the same way that dating him from separate homes was. was it was yeah. really no different. Yeah. And we actually learned to communicate with each other so much more because those early stages in our relationship, we were already living together and paying bills together. So communication had to be there right from the start. And it was. And then after about a year of living together, we decided to get married. And it's actually really funny because there was no grand proposal or anything fancy. Um, It was really just we went for a walk by the river one night. And I said to him, why don't we just get married? And he was like, 
um, are we ready for that? And I was like, well, why not? We've been living together for a year. It doesn't have to be an expensive wedding. We could just do like something simple. Yeah. Let's just get married. Like we, we already pay bills together. We already live together. Like yeah. for all intents and purposes, we are married. Let's just get married. <laughs> and he was like, okay. And that was, that was, it was just literally a casual conversation. And then as soon as we told my parents what we wanted to do, it just took on a life of its own. Cause then my parents were like, let us throw you a wedding. And then they actually paid for our wedding. So we didn't even have to stress about mm-hmm. how expensive it was or anything like that. And that was all just an amazing blessing that I didn't see coming. I honestly mm-hmm. believe my mom had told me my whole life, I'm not paying for your wedding. <laughs> so that was amazing. And uh, we got married eight months later after we got engaged. And that's also been amazing. We've been married for over two years now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you've I mean, seen newlyweds, Quinn but... <laughs> and Steve together, they are like, wow. <laughs> You're like, it's just you guys have this like flow and like rhythm with each other. We do. And we all know that behind closed doors, there's always things that happen sometimes. But I feel like they have this energy that is very like dynamic with each other that makes me feel like she's the perfect person to talk about from that place of being in a marriage, getting married young, and also being able to like keep it to this level where we're not like arguing and bickering and bitching at each other every day. So how do you feel like you and Steve have like overcome some of those challenges or like the status kind of quo about like how a relationship has to go? So what do you feel like is different about the way that you do things? Oh, such a good question. Oh my God, that was actually a really good one. I actually have like chills right now. So, okay. That's a good one. Um, the big thing for us is communication. I know that that's been, that's a cliche that you hear a lot, Mm -hmm. but it's a cliche because it's true. Yeah. Communication has been a non-negotiable for us from the start. It does help that I'm a very outspoken woman. Like I'm not a woman who tends to keep things on the inside Mm -hmm. in intimate relationships anyway. I will in other relationships, but in intimate relationships, I don't hold back. So that has helped. But I think the big thing is that is is that is the fact that I was able to openly like if Steve ever upset me or said something that triggered me or I felt was trying to control me yeah. or anything like that which honestly doesn't happen a lot but we have we have definitely had our fights we have definitely hit our roadblocks but in those moments I think what a lot of couples do is instead of communicating with each other, they just throw emotions at each other. So they just start yelling and tearing each other down and it becomes an exchange of emotions rather than an exchange of actual communication. Because communication is a little more refined than just spewing out emotions. And so to be fair, there have been times where I've spewed emotions out at Steve. It's not always clear communication. But in those times what has really helped us to get through it is both of us being like, okay, let's look at this before we get sucked into a fight. Let's look at the emotion and where the person's coming from. Mm -hmm. So when I lose my cool and I start to go into just an emotional frenzy, which I do sometimes, not often, but it happens. Um, Steve is really good at not taking everything I say so personally when I'm having those emotional moments and just taking a step back and being like, Mm -hmm. okay, she doesn't mean anything she's saying right now. These are Mm -hmm. just projections of her emotions. Yeah. And he's really understanding that more lately because I've actually explained that Mm -hmm. to him. And now it's so easy for him to understand that sometimes I don't mean what I say. 
sometimes I just have to say, like I have to vocalize in order to release the emotion. And then when the words come out of my mouth, I realize how silly they are. Yeah. They're like, actually, wait, no. And then that's where my part comes into play too in the relationship, which is being willing to look at my own behavior and look at my own motives objectively and not get sucked into the stories. So sometimes I will be so certain that I'm upset with Steve. Like I'm like, listen, I'm pissed. You're like dead set. And I'm like dead set and I'm like throwing these emotions at him. And when it comes out of my mouth, I then realize that I don't have the right to be angry sometimes or that I'm blowing it up or dramatizing it or, you know, putting a a wounded lens on top Mm -hmm. of an issue that's really not a big deal Mm -hmm. and then making it a big deal because I'm, because of how I'm feeling. Yeah. But I've noticed that I do that and knowing that have been able to temper it down, ground it, deal with it differently but what I love is how both Steve and I are able to, our number one thing that has really helped us through challenges is the fact that no topic is off limits for us to talk about with each other. Oh my God, I love it. I never <laughs> feel like, oh my God, I can't tell him that. Yeah. We never have secrets from each other, ever. I never feel like there's something I can't ask him about, that I can't approach him about, ever. And I, I think the other thing too that I want to add is that we never invalidate each other's feelings. You mm-hmm. know, even if I think he's being ridiculous or he thinks I'm being ridiculous, we don't tell each other that we're crazy. We don't tell each other that we're ridiculous. Oh, I love it. We look at the emotion and remember who each other are. And, you know, we, we have a common ground of, okay, I'm just feeling like this. Like I've caught a lot of our potential arguments, what could be really big arguments have actually turned into some really deep emotional conversations as long as I'm willing to take a step back and be like okay wait no this is not actually how I'm feeling listen I'm just not making sense right now because I'm battling with this emotion I'm stressed from this and then I explain to him what's going on in my world instead Mm -hmm. of attacking him and I that is also probably a huge part of why our why we're able to communicate so well is instead of blaming each other for each other's shortcomings and projecting our pain onto each other we really look at the other person as a team member Mm -hmm. like this isn't someone that i'm going to put all my all my problems on this isn't someone that i'm going to expect to save me from my life this isn't i don't i try my best to not put anything extra on steve that is mine to carry i there is a certain level of self-responsibility that we both have for our own emotions and for our own life experiences that we're processing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there isn't that feeling of like, I need you to accept blame because you know, that's going to make me feel better. It's not even about that. We're, we're a team. So it's not about knocking him down and he's not trying to knock me down. And I do see this pattern in relationships a lot, as funny as that sounds. And you would think being a team is a given most relationships. The number one thing that I've noticed where they tend to go south is that it's not a team. Someone's carrying the other Mm -hmm. and someone's expecting the other to carry. Mm -hmm. There's always someone that's, you know, really showing up for the relationship and someone who's not, or there's someone who's expecting that, um, that they're not going to have to help the other. Like that's another thing that can be really common. If you don't know that your relationship is actually supposed to be a team dynamic, it's really easy to be like, no, I'm not going to help you when you're having a hard time. I'm just going to look out for myself and you've got to look out for yourself. And we're two separate people. And you know, therefore your problems are your problems, not mine. 
you know, as much as that sounds okay, it's, you know, as a relationship, you're a team and it's not that you take on the other person's problems, but it's that you do need to be willing to be there for them and to also be the one who gives a little sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes is the one who compromises and there should be an even balance between who's compromising. If, if it's coming, you know, if the relationship is, is based on a team dynamic yeah. But I think that's that's the number one like takeaways. Remember you're a team as a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like the reason why Steve and I are able to get through so much is because we're always in it together. I never feel like he's against me and I've talked to him enough about it to know he knows that I'm not against him. Mm-hmm. We always know that we're on each other's team and we're never worried about the other one secretly doing something behind the other's back or um judging the other or thinking something secretly about the other because we're always so open with each other it's like yeah. we, we know we know where we stand with one another always and we're always a team and I can definitely say and vouch for Quinn seeing her and Steve together yeah <laughs> um multiple times that they definitely are like that they do call each other like on their shit like re- in a real way that's so true <laughs> and, and he does it to me so. yeah and it's but it's also like I've never seen, and it's very rare for me to see, like, a couple that, A, you got married young. Like, these yeah. are all statistics that people always, like, have negatives about. Like, you're young and you got married. So, like, yeah. how's that going to work? Yeah. You're already two years into your marriage, and I feel like you're, like, light years. Yeah. <laughs> light years ahead of where other people are. And you get through challenges where I feel like you own it. And I think the coolest thing about your relationship is that there's so much humor and I feel like you're able to talk about things in such a light way. So for women and people that don't maybe have husbands or partners that are as <laughs> lighthearted <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Steve or other people and to be able to have that and want that, what would you say for them is a piece of advice that they could take in their life that could help them if they're not experiencing that, but one step to kind of get them closer to that? So there's two things that really want to come through as an answer for that. The first one, though, that I do want to share, as much as this sounds harsh, is remember to check in with yourself and is this the relationship that you want to be in and is Mm. this the person that you want to be with? Yeah. I'm not telling anyone to leave their partner. I'm just saying sometimes with relationships, we know that we deserve a certain level of love in a certain type of relationship Mm -hmm. and sometimes the person you're in a relationship with is just never going to be that person because they're not your soulmate like they're just not the person Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be with yeah sometimes not always and that's why there's going to be two pieces to this but that is something to always be real with yourself about I think as women we tend to settle a lot and I I know this because as much as my relationship now is amazing I settled in a lot of other ones in the past and I would just tell myself he'll change he'll change I can change him or you know he's trying his best he's gonna be a better person Mm -hmm. oh next time we'll be better next time we'll be different but the reality is with those relationships there was never going to be a better that person was never going to change and to be fair that's not really fair for me to expect from someone if I am telling Mm. someone they need to change for me that what if I were on the the receiving end of that I would feel terrible that just sends the message of you're not good enough as you are to be with me I need you to change this is so good so I think that the one takeaway is if you notice yourself just wishing your partner would change and you were trying to change him or her and you just wish things would be different check in with yourself is this the relationship you want to be in just because it's the one you've been in for a long time or it's the one that um 
that you're comfortable with and familiar with doesn't necessarily mean this is your soulmate and that this is the relationship you need to spend the rest of your life in. So that's one piece of it. However, I'm not saying everyone go leave your partner. In some cases, you could just be, you know, sometimes relationships grow. Like I know yeah. mine and Steve, our relationship has grown. We have, we, we now handle challenges a lot better than we did in the beginning. And so it could be the same for you and your relationship is you, you know that you want a certain type of relationship, but maybe your relationship just hasn't grown into that level yeah. yet and still could. So my thing is to always start with yourself. And then to start with communication. But if you don't know who you are and you're not strong in your values and you're not strong in what you feel you need out of life in general, but particularly relationships, mm -hmm. it's really hard to have that team dynamic and to really have the relationship you want if your relationship with yourself is off. So my thing is, instead of looking at the, because relationships are amazing mirrors. So look at the things that are driving you nuts about your partner, that are driving you nuts about your relationship and so see good. how that can indicate something about yourself that you are not okay with. You know, odds are what triggers you the most or that you just can't stand about your partner is something that triggers you about yourself too and that you can't stand about yourself too. And so that could <laughs> yeah. be an area where you need support or you need help or you need, you know, to do some reading or you need to be doing some inner work. There's a lot of options you can do to address your own issues, but that might be where you need to be putting your focus first before looking at the relationship itself. Sometimes the problem isn't the relationship. Sometimes the relationship's just the mirror for mm -hmm. you to see your own problems. So oh, just remember so that. Good. You know, it's, it's easy to be like, oh, it's his fault or it's her fault or she won't let me and he won't mm -hmm. let me or they bring out the worst in me. But look at that. They bring out the worst in you. Okay, well, that's something that's in you. So just remember <laughs> <True>. that <laughs> there's your share of the relationship too. And remember to reflect on you know, your own personal growth and the kind of person you are being in your life and in your relationship. And if there's areas where you're honestly like, I'm not proud of that. I'd like to change that. How can you change that? You know, get to work on reflecting different areas where you, different actions you can take, different ways that you can support yourself to do that, to change that. And then that change is going to happen in the relationship because as you change your own consciousness and your own view of yourself and your own relationship with yourself and how you're choosing to exist every day mm -hmm. that's just going to be reflected in the relationship too yeah so th there's kind of two pieces to that that was so good thank that's you that's so good and yeah. I think that that's going to be a value to a lot of people because let's be honest as women it's so easy to be like he's a fucking asshole he's not doing shit mm -hmm. But then there's always part of us, regardless of how shitty that person could be or something shitty that they've said, it's always a reflection, though, of something that either we're not completely grounded in ourselves or maybe we kind of get slack off in that area, but then we expect so highly of the other person. So yeah. I feel like that is so, so incredible. And something that you had mentioned earlier was talking about some finances and things like that. And so for a lot of women who either listen to this, either they're business owners or maybe they're just, you know, in their relationships or moms, but finance is a big thing as a couple and like a really stressful thing um, in relationships. It can either like make or break a relationship. Mm -hmm. It is one of those things I feel like is really difficult. So 
for you and Steve and you as a business owner too, when you make investments or you do things and Steve's like reacted well, how would you give people advice who are in situations where maybe their partners don't support their visions or don't support their dreams? And how would you kind of get them to be more on board with things that you're doing in your life and you're passionate about? Yes. So this is huge. Actually, if it weren't for money, I don't think Steve and I would have any fights. Like I'm pretty sure... Our only fights that we've ever had have been around, okay, true. I was going to say have been around money, but uh, I also am a very emotional person, so let's be real. <laughs> it's not just about money, but, <laughs> but yeah. money is probably the biggest stressor in our marriage, so you made such a good point there about money being a big trigger. It's just the way it is. Like I can remember my parents saying to me, just wait until you, you know, you get older and you have a relationship where money is in the picture. You think you're having a hard time now. And this is like back when I was in my abusive relationships and I was having a hard time. They were like, imagine having a relationship where you have to manage finances together. It's going to get a lot harder. So thank God it's Steve that I'm managing finances with because we already have such open communication and everything. So that helps. It also helps that I have financial skills that Steve doesn't have you know I, I like I that sounds worse than it is he's not financially clueless by any means like that's what I mean it's <laughs> he's not financially clueless he just doesn't know as much as I know yeah. like it's you know it's a part of being a strong team unit is knowing each other's strengths and playing to them mm -hmm. Steve's strengths are very different than my strengths so mm -hmm. it, we actually complement one another very well mm -hmm. and one of my strengths is that I am very 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 good at managing and planning my own money. Mm -hmm. And this is stuff that he doesn't know about. Like I, 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 my mom used to be a secretary for many, 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 many years. Like most of her career life, she was a secretary for some sort of financial advisor, no matter which job she had. It was always with financial advisors for some reason. Mm -hmm. I noticed. Um, so with that, she gained a lot of knowledge and she shared that knowledge with me growing up. Mm -hmm. Like when I was 12, I had my first I started making my own money as a babysitter and bought my own cell phone and had my own budgeting. So I've been budgeting since I was 12 and saving and investing since I was 12. So it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm going to be in charge of the finances. Mm -hmm. It just makes more sense than mm -hmm. having Steve who's okay with money, but doesn't have the same knowledge or skills that I have. It yeah. just wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. So that's one thing is to remember to play to those, to remember where your strengths lie. Mm-hmm. And to know that there is, there might be someone who's more financially savvy than the other and that doesn't make that person the alpha in the relationship and that doesn't make that person, it doesn't mean that person has control over the money either. You know, I don't have control over our money. I just do a lot of the organizing of it. But I still talk to him. I still consult him. Yeah. I still... You still I tell still, him about decisions, yes, right? Yes, exactly. And, you know, I always inform him of our plan and of our, you know, of what our budget is and you know how to plan with the spending we also have a joint account now which is something that a lot of our friends were like oh no I don't know about that like this is gonna be bad that means that she can take your money whenever she wants and of course that's how it went everyone assumes the woman is gonna be the one taking the money uh <laughs> yeah I remember Steve's friend at the time was like oh this is the beginning of her just taking all your money and at the time my business was making $20,000 a month. So it didn't even make any sense, but that's but, the association is like, you know, she's going to take, or he's going to take like whoever's not the person managing the finances is on the take. But 
you know, if you, again, that open communication can stop that from happening where it's just like, okay, we know what our plan is as a team mm -hmm. financially, just because someone else is managing it doesn't mean that we can't approach it as a team. So, and I think that that money is one of those things I've seen in a lot of relationships that doesn't get approached as a team. It either gets approached as both people having no idea what they're doing with their money and spending it frantically and then <laughs> yelling at each other because they've run out of money or, um, or someone is trying to control the budget so much and trying to control the money so much that the other feels like they can't spend and that mm -hmm. they have to ask permission in order to spend anything. And I, I think that's also problematic. Which is scary. So the communication is really important because then you can both be on the same page with the same money, especially if you have a joint account, you want to be on the same page with mm -hmm. that. That being said, there comes times where, especially as a business owner, you may want to invest in your business or you have some sort of opportunity to grow your success and it's going to require a financial risk. And I find that particularly with online entrepreneurs, like we're always investing in ourselves and investing in our growth. And with that comes a lot of conversations with significant others. And I've seen it in action very often the significant other and in my experiences it's been a husband because mm -hmm. it's usually i'm usually on the end of being friends with someone who's talking to a husband i usually work with females so in my experience it's been the husband just doesn't get it it's like why are we spending this much money why are we mm -hmm. going into more debt i thought we had just paid it off you mm -hmm. know and they don't see the bigger picture but steve was really good with this i remember when i approached him to invest twenty thousand dollars in my first coach and then actually after I finished with that coach, I hired a $15,000 coach directly after. And in both conversations, Steve was actually very open about it. He was, he wasn't instantly like, no, you know, he, you could tell he was apprehensive and he shared his fears with me and he shared his concerns with me, but he wasn't instantly like, no, because to him, he knew that I deserved to have the career success that I wanted just as much as he deserves his own career success. And so it was like, okay, this is your career. This is to grow your career. It's not, you know, let me spend $20,000 on some shoes. Let's go on a vacation. We can't afford yeah. or something like that. This is, let's grow our future. I'm growing my business. And so he, he was okay with it. And he was like, go for it. And I, you know, maxed out my $15,000 credit card to hire my first coach. And as we, as we now know how the story goes, you know, I never really looked back after that you know, I did experience mm -hmm. a lot of business success and have been able to create my own body of work that has sustained itself as a result of making these investments. Yeah. But I feel that if we didn't have the open communication, it would have been really hard. And I think that the reason why he was so open and so accepting of me taking these big risks was that I told him exactly what it was for and exactly why it mattered. You know, I wasn't just like, I want to do this here's the quick version of it. Why won't you let me? It was like, all right, let me explain to you in detail why this is important, why this is important to me. You know, this is what I went to school for. This is what I feel I have a higher calling to do. This is where I feel like I, my soul is directing me in my life. Um, you know, this is what the investment is going to be giving me. This is the, what I'm going to be getting from this coach. Hey, by the way, here's her profile. And do you want to check out her testimonials? And we went through a whole everything together. Yeah. Everything together. He went on her website he looked up her name to make sure she wasn't a fraud and I just gave him whatever he needed in order to feel safe. And I think that that's something to consider in, when you go down this road with your significant other mm. is, you know, what do you need for me in order to feel safe? You know, cause to you, you're forgetting like to you, you already know who the coach is, you know what the industry yeah. is, you know, your calling, you know, your work, like 
to you, you know it's like all clear of as that. day this is not gonna be a mistake. Like it You're makes like, sense. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. But how do you get the significant other to see it too? Because it's it's a financial risk for them too, in a way. Even if it's on your own credit card, it's still if you guys are in it together for the long haul, it is still going to put some pressure and stress on them too. Yeah. So that being said, rather than not considering them, do consider them and it doesn't mean that you have to let them tell you whether or not you can invest. It's just, let me show you what you need to know so that you can feel as good about the investment as I feel. About oh, the investment. that's so good. That's, you know, so that was, that was always my goal with Steve was how can I, and it still is with all my investments that I make in my business. Yeah. And I'm finding I don't really need to have as many conversations lately because a lot of, but a lot of my investments have been smaller now. Like mm-hmm. I'm not investing at the 20 K level as, as often anymore. It's now a lot smaller. Um, but even actually now I think about it, even with the small investments, I've always, there's still always a conversation. It's just, he needs less details. Cause it's like, all right, yeah, sure. Do your thing. Mm-hmm. But especially with those big investments when you're thinking about hiring a coach for $20,000 or $10,000, that's one of those conversations where you really do want to explain what the investment is for, what you're getting from it, who the mm-hmm. coach is, why, you know, why they're important to you, why you're choosing to go down this road and yeah. help them to see, you know, men in particular, I guess I'm talking about this from a very gender based angle, but men do tend to be really practical. So they just want to see, okay, how is this investment going to result in something else? I actually completely agree yeah. with that. Cause otherwise it kind of looks like, okay, let me invest $20,000 to talk to someone every week. That does sound a little scary. It's like, okay, so you talk to her and then what? <laughs> so you talk to this coach for an hour every week and yeah. then what, you know? So it's, it's the more that you can paint the picture yeah. of, okay, this is why this is important. This is what it's going to do for me. Mm-hmm. This is what it's going to do for my business. Mm-hmm. I found that Steve was able to get behind it. Cause it was like, okay, well actually what, what are you even waiting for? Like, this is your career. This is what you went to school for. You need to develop these skills in this one area you know what, why, why are they go for it? And that what ended up being his response was actually, why are you even hesitating? This is clearly your dream. This is clearly, um, you know, the right step for Team you. Steve. But at first he wasn't pro investing at all, you know? So it did take, it wasn't so much that I had to convince him. I just had to show him that the investment wasn't just me flinging money around. There mm-hmm. was intention here. There mm-hmm. was a goal here and mm-hmm. there was a function for this financial exchange with this coach. Oh, I love that. And I think that's going to help so many women because I know that a lot of women that I just know in the space who listen are usually business owners or entrepreneurs or people just have any type of vision or purpose for their life in general. And maybe at one point they're going to hit that road where they're going to have to talk about something or, and you know, I think the way that your whole situation and the things that you did and the way that you explained it is really going to help people because I think a lot of us are nervous about the the men's reaction to investments that we make things because it it, exactly what you said in a practical sense, like, let's be honest, like guys, it's true though. Um, from guys that I know and having guy friends, like my whole life and everything else, it's very like, okay, but like, tell me, like, I don't really understand. And so I think when we come from our perspective of showing them and like kind of painting the vision of like what we see is the vision for them too, and including them in that vision, I feel like can really help. So I think that that's so, so amazing. And one of the last things that I wanted to ask you is that 
So you guys have been married for two years. You guys have been together for a really long time. And I really want to know, I guess, what would you say if you could say like one piece of advice that would really help the women around if they're in a marriage right now or, or a relationship, right? And they kind of want it to be more lighthearted and fun and like playful. And it just hasn't felt like that in a long time. It's very heavy mm-hmm. and everything just feels kind of heavy and like on the verge of eggshells. Like what would be the best piece of advice that you could give them to move out of that situation, kind of start getting back into that place of just feeling light and happy and like the beginning stages of their relationship. Ooh, that's a good one. I feel that the reason why relationships get in that pattern in the first place, this is where like my energy work comes in. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, all right, perfect. We're going to bring some energy work into this. Um, is the way the reason why this even happens in the first place is because we close our hearts and Mm. like specifically the chakra, the heart chakra. Mm -hmm. And this is something that as a cancer son, I do a lot of like, I like to close myself up and protect myself and protect my energy. Mm-hmm. But when we do this in romantic relationships, um, it actually gets really difficult to have that light, fun feeling that you had at the beginning of your relationship because that light, fun feeling comes from love and love comes from your heart chakra. And so the love in your relationship should be flowing from both of you. Both of your hearts are open and you're sharing love with each other openly. But, you know, we get into ruts and we get into routines and, you know, sometimes patterns just take hold in relationships that are really rigid and firm. And as a result, you know, we have our work stress throughout the day and then you come home at the end of the day and then you end up taking your stress out on each other. So what do you do? You close your heart. And so your heart chakra is closed. Mm -hmm. There isn't that flow of love in the relationship. So now it just feels like you're just basically together so that you can get through adulthood. Oh my but God. I love let's it. be real here. We, we pair with our significant other for more than just to get through adulthood. It's there's that love that flow from one heart to another heart is the whole reason why you picked that person mm-hmm. of all the people. Mm-hmm. So my thing would be to, you know, to do a little bit of heart chakra work around that. So specifically just to kind of give you some guidance as to how is reflecting on, you know, where am I, stifling love or where am I holding back instead of opening Mm -hmm. and how can I open instead and if you could imagine your heart having doors around it how can you open those doors to your heart Mm -hmm. and let your love show important is to is to get that flow of love going again so like I was saying earlier for those of you watching the live stream you wouldn't have caught this um the more that like what brings that young fun feeling into a relationship is that flow of love from one heart to the other. And so as things start to get stressful and you start to like close up your heart, mm-hmm. that's where your relationship starts to lose that sparkle. You know, it's, it doesn't mean that you need novelty again in order to, you know, have things be the way they were before, or have mm-hmm. that fun feeling in the relationship. It doesn't have to be novelty. I think we always think that that's the only way for a relationship to feel good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because the early stages do feel so good. But your later stages can feel even better. Now you mm. actually, you know, know each other really well. Mm-hmm. You've also grown together as people and gone through a lot of experiences together. You just have to remember to keep that love flowing from your heart. And so there's, of course, heart chakra work around that that you can do. But in terms of just a quick reflection to check in with yourself is, mm-hmm. you know, how am I resisting happiness and how am I holding back sharing my love with my partner? Mm. You know, and... 
looking at those areas where love is, you know, instead of flowing freely is actually being really obstructed. Look at those areas and be like, okay, what can we do differently here? Like, how can I start to express my love more openly and my appreciation more openly? And the other thing too is, you know, a lot of fun experiences, like, you know, going on a road trip together. I know Steve and I are going to Cedar Point tomorrow. So just as an example, like doing something fun that the two of you love to do together is a really good way to get that love flowing in the heart again. But when you go to do something fun together, like planning a trip or a date night or something like that, remember to go into it, not with that same stifled energy and the stress energy. Instead, see if you can make it fun and allow it to Mm -hmm. be fun. There's usually a lot of ways that you're stopping that that fun by, you know, by just getting into a rut. So see if you can do something fun that you haven't done in a while and, and switch it up and actually let yourself be present with that moment with your partner mm-hmm. and enjoy it. Even if you know you have to go home to the kids after or whatever you have to do after, just that moment in time, really give yourself some time to just have fun because that having fun together is going to open up the, you know, open up each other's hearts and then have that flow of love going back and forth again. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's the biggest thing for me is that I would say in response to that is just, you know, ask yourself and reflect, where am I, <laughs> where am I um, stopping the flow of happiness in my relationship? Or where am I resisting love in my relationship? You know, where does it feel painful to experience love and go there? Mm-hmm. And instead of, you know, letting the pain hold you back, actually go to that place and put love there, either through feelings or through actions, like, like what I mentioned earlier with going on a trip or doing something fun together. Yeah. And I definitely feel like that's one of the things that a lot of times in relationships, we just get so far from like the place where we were really happy and we, we constantly miss the beginning stages of our relationship. And so one of the last things that I want to ask you is for people that are really missing kind of the beginning stage and they're always focused on like the past memories they had and what was so good back then. And, you know, we were so better together back then and we had more sex back then. What would you say to women that are constantly kind of living in that same issue or that one moment in time that just kind of replays over and over and over again, that's affecting their relationship from moving forward? Yeah. So that's actually a really good question. I feel like going back to what it was that you loved so much back then like what was Mm -hmm. it about back then that made back then so special Mm -hmm. was it the novelty was it something about how that person was treating you or was it something about how you were treating them Mm -hmm. and how can you bring that into the current relationship now and I think the other thing to remember is that we often put the beginning of our relationship up on a pedestal like that was when things were perfect but the reality is that's not actually when things were perfect that was before you guys really got to know each other yeah and you know the dynamics were different. It's actually perfect now because now you've gone through what you've gone through together. Now you've grown together as a couple. Mm-hmm. Now you know each other on such a deep level. And the only reason why you're fixating on, oh, I wish it could be like how it was back then and like thinking about the beginning is you think the beginning is so much better than the current mm-hmm. relationship you have today. So my thing there is looking at why do you feel that now can't be as good as the beginning. Like, what is it about the beginning that made it so much better? And, you know, I think the other thing to, to remember is that the, it's not uncommon for the human brain to to do that. You know, the grass is always greener on the other side, or mm-hmm. we always think things were better back then, or things will be better in the future. So how can you instead be in the present moment and really 
be grateful for and love and enjoy and experience and slow down and experience the present moment where your relationship currently is at today, because that's where you're going to experience that joy again. Because when you think about it, the thing that you probably loved the most about the beginning of the relationship was the fact that you were so present and so mindful because you couldn't think of anything better than what was happening. Yeah, that's true. That's all it is, is that now instead of focusing on the now and being so present and so happy and so grateful, mm-hmm. you're, you might have some of that, but you're, you're putting most of your gratitude and happiness on the past and putting that past time on a pedestal. So just remember that things weren't really better then. It just seems that way. Mm-hmm. Things are better now because now you have a deeper relationship. Sure, it might feel different because that's how the human brain works. Yeah. Novelty feels exciting and things that aren't that don't have that novelty start to feel dull. Mm-hmm. So when you're feeling that dullness, it's just an invitation to be present. It's just an invitation to dig deep and be present and grateful with the way things are now mm-hmm. because that novelty isn't there anymore to do it for you. So mm-hmm. you have to be the one to make the choice to create that feeling of novelty by being present with it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's so good because I think a lot of us get so caught up in the past moments of our relationship, almost like we're stuck in time and we're just repeating that same memory, that same, I wish I had this, that same, I wish my relationship was more like it was before. And we get so caught up in those moments that we forget to really truly kind of embrace like the new season of our relationship that we're in. So I just want to yes. say thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. And where can people find you? My website at quindowney.com or on Facebook. That is actually like my primary platform that I use. So just Quinn Downey on Facebook. I'll tag you in this. Yeah. And tag me in this. Yeah. That's actually perfect. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us for a quick little, um, a quick little sneak peek of next week's episode. So this week, um, on next week, it's going to come out on Wednesday.